Spring training is a time when all fan bases should have at least some amount of optimism. To test this theory, I am bringing in Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates. How happy can he be? Well, he must be happy that he's on Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast to talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, why would I have a lower third that calls me Sully? I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a podcaster for baseball for well over a decade, and this is going to be the beginning of my fifth full season at the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is indeed your team every day. Follow the show at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I am your pal, Sully. I am at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, and be sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown MLB, or check out some of the many great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just gonna pick one at random for no reason whatsoever. Lockdown Pirates with Ethan Smith. And by the way, if I'm not mistaken, Ethan is about to start his third season as a host of the Lockdown Pirates Show. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. As you can see, I'm decked out for the uh, festivities of St. Patrick's Day down here in Savannah. I, uh, I urge everybody to just Google St. Patrick's Day in Savannah, and you will see at the time of you watching me talk to Sully that I will not have water in this cup at this current time. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, maybe what you have in there is a liquefied built bar. Because built, oh, wait, no, no, we don't have a built bar read today. Yeah, uh, we don't do, do we have a drink sponsor ever? Uh, I don't know even in my three years here if we've ever had a drink sponsor. I don't sponsor. think so either. Bilt Bar should definitely make protein drinks, though. They would probably be really good. Yeah, so I couldn't remember if they did or not at one point. I I can't remember. If we had a drink sponsor, uh, may I just say they were uh, they were delicious. Um, Ethan, you are our host of uh, Lockdown Pirates. Um, the Pirates are playing in a very strange division. Um, there is a front runner in that division, in my opinion, the St. Louis Cardinals, the defending champs, I think are the best team in that division. And obviously Milwaukee has the pitching to contend any year. Uh, you're also in a division that features the Cincinnati Reds, who you're anyone's guess, and the Cubs who are in that sort of weird neutral zone. Mm-hmm. They're in that kind of like, all right, they could be really awful or they just acquired a bunch of veterans who could kind of click and they have a better year than you're expecting. And sitting in the middle of that is the Pittsburgh Pirates, who, from my perspective, looks like a team that is, okay, you're starting to put some of the pieces together and it's there is no juggernaut. You're not in a division with the Atlanta Braves or the Dodgers or San Diego or the Mets or even the Phillies, you really, you, you have to become a very good team to contend there. You don't have to become a great team. And 
I find them to be an intriguing team because this is almost a team at a crossroad with this particular group. Is this team going to make the Oriole jump into winning baseball or are we going to be treading water here? And as we're at this point, we're in the middle of March, you know, spring training is going to be winding down in a few weeks. What are your thoughts of this team and some of the young players and some of the veterans who are still there? Well, one thing is for sure that in my three years of being here, this was the busiest offseason in terms of additions that I have been through. You look, they mm-hmm. add Carlos Santana, they add G-Man Choi, they add Austin Hedges, they add Dowry Moretta in a trade, they add, a, they add Rich Hill, Vince yeah. Velasquez. They add guys that the general Pirates fan would actually not have to Google to look up who this guy is and what he's done. We just watched Carlos Santana make it to the ALDS last year. You watched G-Man Choi make it to the AL uh, wild card last year. You look at guys like Rich Hill, who, what team has Rich Hill not played for? I feel like he's just going on a world tour at this point, playing for every single team. And that's yeah, I, all think, he, I think he played for the St. Louis Browns. That's how yeah. long he's been playing. Yeah, he's been here forever, and I believe on opening day he will be the oldest active player in Major League Baseball by that point. It's a team, as you mentioned, that I – Crossroads is an interesting word because they're still in that rebuilding phase, but you added to a group that, albeit last year, didn't win a lot. You're looking at the likes of Brian Reynolds, who is still here. (laughs) For some, I don't. Hey, sorry, he's still here and he's going to be here a while. O'Neill Cruz is arguably the most polarizing player in all of baseball, outside of the obvious guys who are already like mentioned and all the time. And then you have Key Brian Hayes, one of the best defensive third basemen in baseball. You get uh, Rodolfo Castro, who came out really well last year and has a chance to build on what he built on last year. Then on top of that pitching rotation, you have Mitch Keller and Rowanzi Contreras, which in the World Baseball Classic, Rowanzi's doing very well right now. So Mm -hmm. I agree with you in the sense that it's like a middle part, because I actually did a show on this earlier this week about how they stack up in the NL Central And it's a team that when you look at all of the positions individually, the only team that really has them beat in a lot of these areas is the Cardinals. Right. The Brewers, the Cubs, they're like you mentioned, they're kind of in that little weird zone where they could either be a wild card team potentially or be absolutely detrimental and terrible. Yeah. And the Pirates might honestly just be the most consistent bet outside of the Cardinals in the division. You kind of know what you're going to get. So that's what I would say is like a good benchmark for people that might be doing certain things of looking at this team. It's going to win more than 70 games. I can tell you I that. Think so. I, think I so. just don't know how many more than that. <laughs> like, I just don't know. I know a lot of people, and if Keith Law was would listen to this show, you could hear his eyeballs roll about the concept of, of you know the veteran presence on a team. But I just can't help but think that having some recognizable major leaguers who have been there and also done that, it can't help but be helpful to a super young team to look around and say, okay, okay, you're a major leaguer and maybe have someone to kind of, you know, lead by example. A lot of people talk about, you know, what a disastrous contract Albert Pujols was when he went to Anaheim, but... I can't help but wonder how much of Mike Trout coming up to the Angels with Pujols as a teammate may have even taken pressure off of him, may have rubbed off and may have influenced him in a certain way 
you got a lot of young pitchers on this team. You got a Rich Hill. You got a long, you got a young hitters on the team. You got a Carlos Santana, and maybe just maybe some of these players can, you know, either learn from them or maybe some of the pressure could be taken off of them. And I love that you brought up Brian Reynolds because um, I would have I would have bet everything I owned that Brian Reynolds would be playing for a different team uh, at this point. And who knows? He very well could still be traded. They may have calmed everything down. So, hey, look, we're trying to deal you. And this is not helping our, you know, your trade value at all. Mm -hmm. But I like the fact that he's still there. He's still young. He's still in his, you know, what, he's 28, I think. Yeah. And he still has good power, not just good home run power, but good doubles power, good triples power. And he's someone you, you know, an all-star, I don't think he was an all-star last year, but at least a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's, you want to have more players like that in your lineup. You made a great point about the Brewers, especially with the fall of Yelich. Um, that, that's not a, as reliable a lineup as it used to be. And, you know, I'm always, the, the reason I brought up everything at the beginning, and I'll get, I'll get your thoughts on Brian Reynolds in a, in a minute, is that whenever there's a surprise division winner, it usually comes from not just a team playing better than you expect, but some other teams underachieving. And it really only takes one underachieving team in St. Louis to open up an avenue for one of these other four teams to take the division. And yeah. we'll see how what the influence of Molina was on this team. But it's I, I think I'm still picking St. Louis, but I think the – Pirates are going to be wiggling a little bit closer to 500. Yes, and uh, to go back to your further point, I think I forgot to mention arguably the biggest veteran acquisition of this offseason was Andrew McCutcheon. Because not only is he a veteran acquisition to this team, he's also just so happens to be the last MVP the Pirates ever had, a part of the last group the Pirates ever had in the playoffs, and really reignited baseball in Pittsburgh for a good portion of half a decade. Yeah, there in that run where they went to the playoffs three out of five years in three straight years in a row. And I mean, there are avenues to where I believe the Pirates could finish in second. Of course, I think we agree the Cardinals are probably going to win the division. It's Mm -hmm. a team that could win 90 games. But let's also not kid ourselves here and act like the Cardinals are like a juggernaut team like you mentioned earlier. They're not. Their pitching staff is not as good as it looks, in my opinion. Goldschmidt and Arenado were great last year, but it's always in the back of everybody's head with players that are entering their 30s and especially their mid-30s. When do those guys hit that proverbial wall? Mm. If that happens, yeah, it opens things up a lot. And that could be a uh, interesting kind of NFC South football s division if the Cardinals do fall off a little bit. I still think the Cardinals are probably the best bet. If I were going to put any money to win the division. Oh, 100%. It would probably be the best bet. If you're going to put any money in the division, head over to FanDuel. FanDuel is the new partner, the new betting partner of Locked On MLB. Look at the March Madness is like we're in the middle of March. March Madness is about to start. And then you're going to, once March Madness happens, the beginning of the baseball season, before you know it, the NBA playoffs are coming around. And then we're going to see what warm weather city is going to win the Stanley Cup. Now, guess what? If you're going to make any one of these bets, go to FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Customers at FanBook get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. 
That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Say that three times fast. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use, and it's gluten-free. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. That's French for same game talk. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn, to learn more and to lurk around more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And I so love it when my, my reads are flawless. Oh, yeah, of course. And I do have something for all the Locked on MLB listeners if you want to make some money. I've said it on my live reads on my show for a month now. The Pirates' win total is over under 68 and a half wins. I you want to go make some free, if you want to go make some free money, yeah, just go, just go do that. And Sully, I'll ask you, uh, I know you're going to probably bring back the uh, esteemed trivia show soon. Yes. How many games apart do you think the Reds and Pirates are in betting in terms of over under on FanDuel? I see. I'm terrible because I'm, I'm despite my enthusiasm for the no sweat first bet, I know very little about actually betting. Yes. Um, I, I would guess that they have the Reds at around that you said. 68 for yes for Pittsburgh. I'm going to guess it will be like 75 in honor of the big red machine. I think there'd be 75. They're saying for Cincinnati, they were two. Your uh, the Pirates and Reds are two games apart with the Reds being at 66 and a half. Oh wow, they went the other direction. Yes. Okay. Well, I actually agree with that. I thought you were setting me up saying they were doing no. it too high. Oh, uh, yeah. Setup, I think the Reds the set- have a chance to be a hundred loss team. Well, yes, and the setup was, do you really put the Reds and the Pirates in the same conversation as far as being two games apart this year? No. 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 I think there's I think there's there's some talent on the Pirates. Um and I don't see I don't see I'm sorry, Jeff Carr of Lockdown Reds. I do not see what the Reds are doing right now. And you again, remember you have to go all the way back to twenty twenty one to see the last time the Reds were contenders down the stretch. They were a wild card team in September of 2021. And uh, now it's, that seems like a long time ago. Very, very much so. That was uh, the Nicholas Castellanos days. And now yeah. look where he is gone. Fly ball to left for Castellano. Um, so Have to throw it in there. Yep, had to. So Reynolds is still there. Hey, I want to bring up a couple of young names. Um, first of all, the the Pirates, of course, have um, uh, Henry Davis, who is one of the most highly touted prospects in baseball. Um, and, you know, obviously he was the number one pick overall a few years ago. Uh, catcher. Um, and uh, he is... He has yet to make his big league debut, but he is he has been earmarked as uh, Pittsburgh's catcher of the future. Um, obviously, they st- you know Tamar Johnson is probably a little bit down the way, but they actually have I find interesting that they have two of the best young catchers in the minor leagues in Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis. Um, I, I know you and I talked about this before, but I do want to bring up two other names as well. Um, it looks like that. Uh, Travis Swaggert, Swaggerty has been uh, recovering from some injuries. He was another former first-round draft pick 
who looks like he has at least performed well in his chances in uh, Pittsburgh. And then there's a person who's, I'm sorry, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Is it Kanan, a pitcher? Kanan Smith Dejiba? So um, if you watch, well, I don't know if you watch college football solely, but he is the not brother a, not a second of, of um, Not a second of it. He is the brother of a probably to soon to be uh first round pick possibly Jackson Smith in Jigba. It's in actually Jigba. Okay. Yeah, so you put an emphasis on the N and then everything else is just pronounced the way it is. But Kane okay. Smith and Jigba, yes. Okay. Uh and he from what I've been you know, I tried to do some homework here before going to the show. Um Swaggerty and Ninjigba. Did I do it? Yes, you're good. Um seem to be having impressive springs. Now, of course, you you got to take all spring training statistics with a grain of salt. But just in terms of, like, you know, the, the velo of the ball off the bat and the way that they look, especially after Swaggerty coming off for some injuries. Um, what are some of your thoughts of some of the young players? And will any of them make the roster, make the, make the big league roster, and maybe make an impact that you've seen in this year's spring training? Well, to start with uh, the Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez thing, I actually did a show this week about Andy Rodriguez getting option to AAA uh, in favor of them employing Austin Hedges, who could quite literally be the worst hitter in all of baseball, but is a very phenomenal defensive catcher. So it goes back to one of the old adages of any Ethan and Sully crossover where we talk about employing the best players on your team. Uh, the Pirates, once again, will not be doing that. Andy Rodriguez is starting a AAA and will be up here probably after Super 2 and um, other factors that will come into play. But, that- but let, let, me ask, let me ask you a question, because <laughs> they are starting hedges. Do you think that maybe with so many young pitchers on the team and the team still a little bit in flux, that you might be better off ha- – I mean, hedges – yes, hedges is a, is a horrible – offensive player but what isn't it almost more important i'm just using devil's advocate here isn't it almost more important to have a catcher who would be able to handle the young staff mentor the young staff and be an anchor defensively even if it means having him i was so used to saying the eight hole in the national league team in the nine hole hitting like a pitcher I mean, it wouldn't that isn't that in some ways beneficial for the team? Yes, it is. And that's one thing that I highlighted on my show actually was saying this is of importance that Mitch Keller and Rolandi Contreras, Johan Oviedo, Luis Ortiz, these young guys that are gonna be coming through here. <coughs> Sorry, I was like trying to get my thought out and then a cough came out. Um, he's gonna be very important to that. He's a very good defensive catcher, as we've mentioned already. Andy, even when he comes up, I would still keep Hedges on the roster. I would still have him there as a backup catcher because defensively he's going to give you a lot of value. Another thing that I wanted to bring up since you brought up Henry Davis is I think a lot of Pirates fans are expecting to see Henry Davis this year. With the way it's aligning with Andy starting in AAA, I'm not so sure about that. I think Davis might be more of a cup of coffee kind of guy and then kind of shift over to the 2024, uh, 2024 thought process. But to hit on Swaggerty and Canaan Smith and Jigba as well, I mean, the outfielders, there's so many of them. You have Swaggerty, Smith and Jigba, Cal Mitchell, Connor Joe, Ryan Valade. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of guys fighting for spots there. But, I mean, 
when you're talking about a guy like Jack Sawinski who has an 800 plus OPS, I mean, is it really going to make that much of a difference? Probably not. But defensively, I think Swaggerty has kind of separated himself from that group. And all of a sudden this spring, the offense has just sprung out of nowhere. And he, he looks great for after being from the injuries as well. Would now with Reynolds and center, which which corner outfield spot would he be? Now, what's interesting is in spring they have actually been flirting with the idea of putting Brian Reynolds back in left field, which is okay. where he was when they traded Andrew McCutcheon for him. Which I find mm-hmm. a very funny dynamic that those two are in the same outfield now. After that, um, they've actually uh, been using Jack Sawinski in center and Kutch mm-hmm. in right field. So I really? would assume that you slot one of those guys in on a. Sawinski off day or a Kutch off day or even a Reynolds off day, but it'll just be a lot of movement all over the place. But the general three that I think you're probably going to see is Reynolds and left Sawinski in center McCutcheon and right with a guy like Swaggerty or Kanan Smith and Jigba slotting in as that fourth outfielder and sitting what he does, yeah, doing what he needs to do on those days off for those guys. And what, who is going to be the regular DH on the team? Is that going to be Santana? I guess it'll depend on matchup, but it'll more than likely be Santana and G-Man Choi kind of going off of each other. But I would assume it would be Santana more often than not, seeing that he's a switch hitter and has more matchup prowess. Mm -hmm. And G-Man Choi is a much, 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 much better defender as well. So I would assume Santana. But McCutcheon DH'd 82 games last year in Milwaukee, so I wouldn't put him out of the fold either as a guy to do that to then open up an outfield spot for the pirates with all the things they have going. I, you know, it's funny that, um, you know, when you're a GM of a team, like a lot of times it's like, you know, who, how are we going to get at bats for this for How are we going to get bats for that person? And almost always it works itself out, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's through injuries or slumps or like, Oh, well, how will we get playing time for all these people? Just don't worry. And, you know, sometimes the GM's job needs to be less about what, panic moves do I have to make and more about how do I set things in place and let things play out, especially in a rebuilding year. And by the way, I just got to tell you the GM, the job that a GM has must be impossible. And, you know, and must be so, so pressure packed when you have to do it for real, but it's a lot of fun if you're doing it for fun, which is why I like to use this app, which is on my phone right there. You got it too. The ultimate pro baseball GM. You've got it. Have you have you been uh, putting your team together there, Ethan? Uh, yes, I actually just had a season end in 2030 because my goal was to get to the NLCS and we lost in the wild card to the Colorado Rockies four years in a row. Well, so, so yeah, uh, don't take advice from me on how to build a baseball team. Who's your team? Oh, well, I edited the teams, actually. There is a feature on there where you can put the real teams in there. So Mm -hmm. I was the Pittsburgh Pirates. I got to tell you, this could be me. I liked having the fake names. You could do the real names and the fake names. When I was a kid, I had my own leagues that I played, and I had all the fake names and all the fake teams, and I was like the, the empresario, and I had the GM. And the team that I had as a kid was from Bridgeport, Connecticut, because that's where my parents are from. Well, now my team on Ultimate Pro Baseball GM are the Honolulu Waves. Honolulu. I want Honolulu to win because your pal Sully. My, your pal Sully would love to live in two different places, <laughs> the Northwest or Hawaii. 
But either way, I get to have maybe my dream World Series is Honolulu versus Seattle. Either way, you could do it all in Baseball Pro GM, the Ultimate Baseball Pro GM. It's it's just so much fun. You can make every strategic aspect of the game, play through the season, lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staffs, managing the team, finances, scouting, drafting players, manage difficult personalities, navigating through your franchise through free agency. And this is all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free, playable online, playable on the go. It's great. And go Honolulu Waves, Locked On MLB, and how Locked On Pirates listeners, too. They get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Pro, I'm sorry, probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty to get today. Go Honolulu Waves. I got tongue-tied in that read. I was, oh, yeah. getting, I was getting into it. Well, and you also, uh, I wish they actually had a competitive advantage in there for travel time because I could not imagine having to travel back and forth from Honolulu, Hawaii, if I was an NL East team playing the waves of the AL West in the, in the uh, World Series, because that would not be fun. I've mentioned this before. I may have mentioned this to you, too. If so, for repeating myself, forgive me. But in the 1980s, the Pirates' top minor league team was in Hawaii. And I always imagined those moments when a player is slumping and a manager calls one of his players from the Pirates of the mid-80s and saying, look, you're, not, you're just not doing it. You're not doing that. I want to keep you up here. But let me ask you a question. Do you want to be in Pittsburgh? Or do you want to be in Hawaii? Look me in the eye and tell me where you want to be. Like all of a sudden, oh, man, Skip, I, I just just got a little hitch in my swing. Send me back to Hawaii. It never seemed to be much of a detriment. You could yeah. be playing in Hawaii or you can play in front of empty Three River Stadium. The minute they switched their AAA team to Buffalo, they started winning. Yep. And I was going to say, it's uh, that makes sense as to why after the 79 World Series, you look at the baseball reference card of the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates history, and it doesn't look too pretty until the 19, early 90s. So, By, by the way, it's funny that you, you mentioned that, because I, uh, I was doing a little bit of homework on something else here, and I found a whole bunch of articles about the um, the Pirates and how even, like, like, one article was in 81. I mean, like, within... 24 months of we are family with the championship where the owners are basically saying, yeah, we're going to Denver. We're, we're Denver bound. Like, well, we would love to stay in Pittsburgh, but like say it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And when things were really going South for the pirates where they, they couldn't, you know, like RJ Reynolds had the snarky comment of like, have they opened the house? Have they opened the gates yet with the, with the poor attendance? The team was just sinking in the standings. Um, and, the article saying the Three River Stadium is falling apart. It's falling apart. It was it, they opened in 1970. By 1983, it was falling apart. It's like did they did they get the stadium from IKEA? And then the whole Pittsburgh cocaine uh, trials were starting in 84, 85, and they just all the articles were just basically the foregone conclusion of yeah uh, we're off to Denver, and. Man, just think about that. I mean, like how close we had to being having the Denver Pirates. Now, of course, that would have completely affected the expansion of 1992, 
which mm-hmm. was the Colorado Rockies and the Florida Marlins. But um, man, I mean, the, I, I love talk, thinking about alternate universes, but chances are if the Pirates moved in the mid 80s, there probably would not have been an expansion back into Pittsburgh. It would just be a base, you know, it would be a hockey football city. And just think of that's how close we were to having the Pirates be, oh yeah, remember they played in Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden Bonds comes up in playing in Mile High Stadium, playing in, in zero gravity, and he winds up hitting 73 home runs while skinny. Yes, and that that honestly is a thought process that scares me. Uh, but also to think about that in that theoretical world, it would have been even easier for him to make the move to San Francisco and free agency and that mm-hmm. it, when he did, because he wouldn't have had to travel far. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I'm not moving across the country. I'm literally just going right down the road to San Francisco. Pretty much. That's true. That's true. That would have made it. That would have made things interesting. And then you bring it up too. I mean, in the early two thousands, it was getting rough there too, with the introduction of PNC park. It's like, okay, just built this really nice stadium for you. Let's figure it out. Yeah. You got Jason Bay. Let's figure it out. And yeah. lo and behold, it takes a young, dreadheaded center fielder named Andrew McCutcheon to finally reinvigorate baseball into Pittsburgh. Who's coming back? Yes. Who's coming back? Without the dreads this time. Well, but still, still, I'm, 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 I'm you know, look at, I'm excited for Pirate fans. I'm cautiously excited because I think that they are. I, I don't think they're a lock for anything, but I do think that they are an interesting team that is going to have, uh, you know, a chance to be a little bit better. And I know that's not exactly, uh, that, that's not exactly a Newt Rockney cheering type uh, pep talk, but I do think that for this team, it's uh, it's a huge step in the right direction. Yes, it is. And it's something that in the three years I've been here and the long time before that, there's, there is cautious optimism this year. Now, I, I mean, personally, I'm not making predictions here, but I will say it would not shock me if the NL playoffs were the exact same as they were last year seeding-wise. Mm-hmm. It just would not shock me in the slightest with the teams that made it in there. But baseball is a beautiful game with a lot of parity to it. You, you never know. I mean, you really don't. Well, and and remember, I mean, look at the it's been since the 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 Phillies collapsed, you know, with Ryan Howard literally collapsing to end the 2011 playoffs. Um, they they had a grand total of one winning season uh, between the end of the the end of that postseason and last year. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that one winning season was barely over 500. I want to say uh, it was 82 and 80. Yeah, and that was their that was their Mount Everest that they hit, and then they wound up going, you know, they wound up going to the World Series last year. Um, you know what? It I I don't see that happening with this particular pirate team, but I do think this is a. Uh, I do think this is a team that is going to get closer to 500 and put themselves in a position where the the not the ultimate GMs playing it on their on their cell phones, but the actual GMs are going to have to figure out what the best route to go is. 
Yeah, and I think 2024, I've pinpointed it for a while. I think 2024 is the year where you can really start thinking about things other than 70-plus wins. Well, look, at I'm going to be thinking about having you on this podcast a bunch of times, especially when we see the Pirates marching for the first pennant since 1979. Yes, it will be a glorious time. (laughs) When they were talking about whether or not they should uh, be moving to Denver. Hey, Ethan Smith, uh, thanks for jumping on the podcast today. Why don't you tell people where they can listen to your great show? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts, where you can find Sully, you can find me. It's just two different words. It's either MLB or Pirates, and you can find all of the Locked On people like that. It's just type Locked On in, and whatever team you're looking for will pop up. All right, and you can follow us at Locked On MLB Pods. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen. For your second listen, obviously make that be Locked On Pirates. And for your third lesson, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every single day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Talking about the Pirates and feeling pretty good about things. This has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. That's Ethan Smith. Don't call him Sully. Call me Sully. (laughs) 